0: General Conference 2023 begins this week in Indianapolis, Indiana. In this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, UPCI General Superintendent Dr. David K. Bernard gives us a preview of what is going to happen during the next few days. Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church this podcast is part of the teaching ministry of dr david k bernard dr bernard has dedicated his life to studying the bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives in apostolic life in the 21st century dr bernard answers your questions about what the bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life thank you for joining us for this episode if you enjoy this podcast we encourage you to check out dr david k bernard's books Dr. Bernard has written more than 30 books on biblical theology and Christian living and leadership. Visit PentecostalPublishing.com and search David Bernard for a list of available titles. Enter promo code DKB10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. That's PentecostalPublishing.com promo code DKB10 to save 10% at checkout. General Conference 2023 begins tomorrow in Indianapolis, Indiana. We're looking forward to what God's going to do during this coming week. This is obviously a very important week for the United Pentecostal Church. This is an important event. Can you just give us a little bit maybe of your expectation of what you expect to see and hear this week at General Conference? Well, General Conference is always a highlight for the United Pentecostal Church International.
1: Uh, We expect many things to be accomplished. Um, On a basic level, Uh, We need our annual general conference in order to conduct the general business, which consists primarily of electing general officers and uh, passing any resolutions uh, that would affect our general constitution or uh, general operations. And in association with the general conference, we have the executive board meeting and the general board meeting, as as well as various committees, such as global missions, youth, ladies, uh, et cetera. Um, So the first thing is there is necessary business. Uh, but second, of course, is fellowship, networking. Uh, third, and I'm not giving this in any order of priority, uh, but inspiration. We come, you know, we work hard all year long, churches large and small, churches going through trials, churches uh, needing, uh, ministers and pastors needing and wanting direction. So we go for inspiration for God to speak to us, to God, to speak to us as a whole church. Uh, so throughout the year, we're focused on our own areas of ministry, which is as it should be, but sometimes we need a collective vision and a collective inspiration. And we need to see the big picture. What is God doing around the world through, through our prayers, through our giving, through our collective efforts, uh, the progress of North American missions, the progress of global missions, children's ministry, youth ministry, ladies ministry, men's ministry, uh, the Pentecostal resources group producing all kinds of books and videos and websites and training materials, um, podcasts, you know, even just being aware of, of all those things. So inspiration, but also instruction. We do have seminars associated with the conference that are not only for ministers, but also for lay members. So really the, the conference is designed, the seminars and the services are designed for the whole church. So for pastors, other ministers, lay leaders, saints of God in general, uh, that component of inspiration and also a large component of instruction. And then maybe I would say uh, sharing of resources, because we have so many uh, resources, as I've just mentioned, so many new resources, and every ministry has specialized resources uh, related to their field, and uh, this becomes a way to get exposed to all that, see what what's the latest you know, let's hear the good reports of youth ministry and let's see the new, uh, resources that we have for youth workers and for, uh, young people uh, that just to give an example. Um, and, and it's hard to see that throughout the year, but at general conference, you have exhibits with booths, you have services, you have announcements, um, uh, you have presentations. And so it enables us to have, as I said, inspiration, instruction, and, um, uh, sharing of resources. Um, and, and so all those things flow together. So I expect the bottom line that general conference is going to be an outstanding time where people go to get fresh direction, fresh vision, fresh inspiration, uh, practical resources, uh, and instruction to help them do a better job in the future. Uh, now, um, I could mention when we talk about the business, so generally, our we have elected and appointed offices, and some are ratifications. But all of our elected offices are for two-year terms, uh, at least our general offices. So um, some they're staggered. So some are one year, some are the other year. Uh, but of course, all offices are open. We, you know, we have incumbents, but technically their term is up at the end of the year, and so at General Conference um, the office is open for anyone the conference elects. Uh, We do know this year in particular uh, that the director of global missions has said he will not allow his name to run. So we know we'll, we'll have a new director there. And also the general director of youth ministries, we have an age limit. And so he's gotten older than the office would allow to continue, so we know there's going to be a change there. So we know for sure that two general offices will change. Of course, the office of general superintendent, which is my office, the two assistant superintendents and the other heads of various ministries are also up for election. So, of course, there could be a change in any one of those. And we also have a stipulation that once you've served eight years, then to serve beyond that, you must receive two-thirds on the nominating ballot. So normally, the way we conduct an election, we just have an open ballot. So for most offices, we don't have any nominees. It's just an open ballot. So on the first ballot, if someone gets two-thirds, that's an automatic election. If no one gets two-thirds, then we take the top three names. And if someone gets a simple majority, that's an election. So we keep voting until there's someone with a simple majority. Uh, but the the concept of term limits that I just mentioned, it's modified term limits. So after serving eight years, which would be typically four two-year terms, uh, we have the nominating ballot, but the incumbent must receive the two-thirds. In other words, he must get the immediate election. If he doesn't, then his name or her name is removed, and there's a brand-new nominating ballot uh, without considering the incumbent who didn't get the two-thirds. So uh, a number of the offices, including mine, would be past that eight-year limit. And so uh, there's a higher threshold of election. So that's a little bit of the detail. But every credentialed minister of the UPCI in the U.S. and Canada is entitled to vote at general conference. But you must be in actual attendance. Uh, we can't vote by proxy or vote remotely. Um, but you must come in person to the general conference. Uh, and this year we have one resolution. So resolutions can be submitted by any minister or by the general board or other boards. Uh, it goes to a resolutions committee. They decide which ones to bring and uh, they presented one substantive re- uh, resolution, which would be a modification of our judicial procedure, a special uh, track for how do you handle, uh, a case where where a minister is accused of abusing a minor, then there's going to be a the proposal at least would be that there'll be a special track for that, and a few other modifications to our judicial procedure. Uh, but aside from so that's the official business, elections, some ratifications, um, maybe some endorsements of of that would be forthcoming. uh One substantive re- resolution. Um, but then beyond that, the various boards and committees that meet at the same time will have a lot of business. So all in all, it should be an inspiring week, an exciting week, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, an enjoyable week. Uh, but at the same time, we really need, uh, direction from God. So I always ask, Please be in prayer for all of our boards, our committees, our business session, our elections, our resolutions, because we really do want the will of God, and we believe this is significant in making
0: decisions for the future of the church. And as you mentioned, we certainly hope people be in prayer, but you talked about inspiration as well. People can tune in and watch these services on live stream. We're going to be broadcasting them on our, the UPCI's YouTube channel and on our Facebook page. So people can be part of that remotely if they're not able to be. Actually present at the conference, um, like the, I know, right around this time of the year, we're hearing a lot of reports. You gather a lot of statistics so you can report those to the general conference. Uh, can you give us any sort of an update on the good things that have happened with the United Pentecostal? Oh, Church sure, it's exciting. Year? Just to summarize, uh, we
1: have new records in every area of constituents, churches, ministers, um, all of our fundraising off- offerings are overall finances. And so just to hit some highlights, global missions. So, well, let's say around the world, including North America, we're well over 5.5 million constituents, 43,000 churches, including our daughter works and preaching points, 42,000 ministers, credentialed ministers. So we're well over those numbers. In the U S and Canada, we have new records. We're almost a 5,000 churches, daughter works and preaching points. Uh, And then we are over 11,600 credential ministers. In North America, we've had a gross growth in church planting of 5%, which is historically very high. In fact, the total number planted may be an all-time record for at least as far as we can look back in our statistics with the details. Now, any given year, there, there's an attrition rate of churches closing down or leaving the fellowship or various things happening. So our net increase in churches is 2.2 percent, uh, which is not extraordinary, but still solid, very good, and especially after coming off of COVID, where we're kind of stalled for a while. This is very solid growth. So, and then uh, the same with uh, global missions. Because of COVID, there was a lull in in uh, People being baptized, receiving the Holy Ghost, but now quite a significant increase in numbers being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost. I don't have the exact statistics, but well over 100,000 a year for each one of those. And and so that's exciting. Of course, uh, the youth just have come off of North American Youth Congress with an incredible year of 33,741 registered participants. Of course, many receiving the Holy Spirit, just an amazing cross section of our fellowship of diversity of every kind was overwhelmingly represented. You know, in a secular society that is so polarized to see the church representing every race, every ethnicity, um, every background, urban, rural, big church, small church, a first-generation Pentecostal, uh Pentecostals with heritage, and to see them all gathered, young people, excited, enthusiastic, dressed modestly, gender distinction, worshiping joyfully, exuberantly, um, being filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, that is such an incredible countercultural um, presentation, and that's the largest meeting of the UPCI North America, much larger than the general conference. So that bodes well for the future because the young people are buying in. They're not becoming in our ranks. Instead of becoming more secular or, or uh, more conforming to a worldly society, there is a new generation rising up. When I spoke, uh, I spoke in a session for everyone that was feeling some type of call to ministry. Now, not everybody's going to be a preacher, but they're feeling some call. 6,000 young people attended that session. That is significant because from that will be a significant number of credential ministers. And if not credential ministers, then lay leaders, both men and women, uh, all races and ethnicities. It's just an exciting thing for the future. Of course, many received the Holy Spirit. There were even workers and local uh, people from St. Louis that were able to get in. They received the Holy Ghost. Um, it was picked up in social media and major media networks or outlets. And, uh, so that is great. Now, uh, I could go down the list of all the ministries, but, but, um, ladies, men's, children, they all had record offerings. Um, and the Pentecostal Resources Group, Pentecostal Publishing House, some incredible new resources. So really every ministry of the church, we're seeing significant advancement and great reports, financial strength. Um, Urshan College, Urshan Graduate School of Theology, of course, both fully accredited, really coalescing to become university status over, I think, their enrollment was 620. Uh, I haven't gotten all the reports of Bible colleges, but I do know that um, some of our leading Bible colleges are also, if not at record, at at capacity in their dorms um and uh, i don't want to mention them all in case i miss one but it seems like all or almost all are seeing strong participation uh and as well as many of our endorsed entities we're, we're seeing uh, great results and and so overall you know you're always going to have some kind of problem challenge issue with that many uh, ministers and churches and constituents, there's always going to be something to deal with. But the overall picture is really one of growth, revival, and strength. In contrast to mainline denominations in severe decline and even conservative denominations reporting losses, the fact that we're showing consistent growth around the world is truly exciting. We're officially in 199 of the 210 nations of the world. Uh, we're in 238 nations and territories, there are several more of uh, those few unreached nations that we're on the verge of being able to declare that we have you know, an existing work. So in fact, my point is we're working in a few more, but we haven't yet said it's solid enough to count, but that will be forthcoming soon. And uh, so I, we, we are
0: making significant progress all across the world. Well, we're really looking forward to what God's going to do at General Conference this week. We're looking forward to hearing more about what he's doing around the world during the general conference. And again, we want people to know they can tune in. They can uh, check out our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for the United Pentecostal Church. And they can watch the services live on YouTube and Facebook and to hear more about what you're talking about. So we look forward to uh, everybody tuning in this week. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century.